You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. And this is the three E's hardcore podcast. Ooh, good mm. job. I like that. Smart, bro. You know what? We've been down for a while, so we haven't I haven't really called Pat on that. Mm, yeah. Say it from, say it with your chest. Hold on. Let me try again. <clears throat> oh. Hello. How do I usually start this shit? Welcome. I go, Welcome to action. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, fresh restart, fresh restart. <clears throat> Keep it all in. <clears throat> Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. Better. Is that gonna, I'm Patrick. Is that going to do it? Is that going to do it for you, fellas? Fucked up, dude. I'm, Why did you? I'm, you got to go through the whole thing, man. Now you're fucking it up. My OCD is all thrown off. Yeah, all right. All so right. do the welcome to the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. Then we'll f- cycle through and do the ads. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. And Good I'm job. Much Good better. energy. All right. You know what we do got to work on, though? We got to work on who follows up Tom. Because sometimes we come in at the same time on each other. We do. Following, following and I'm Tom. So we, we got to figure it out. Is it, is it, Bob, will it be you leading us into some exciting no you know why ads. no because you usually and this is the reason for the wait and sometimes the jump the typical uh completely unspoken flow is after tom says that you usually say something irreverent or weird or like cheeky patrick style mm. yeah cheeky perhaps spins off into a little conversation back and forth we try to get the train back on the tracks into the ads, do the ads, and then we come out of the ads, and I'm like, what's up, guys? What are we doing? How are you feeling? And that's that's like the unspoken flow. So do you got anything clever? You want to just a little, little thing you want to throw in right now? Any witty repartee? Uh, you step in any poop? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> some poop talk. Um, no, but I, I did have some of the Gardein soup, which, uh, coming out of the can does smell remarkably like poop. Uh, however, it tastes good once it's cooked, but it what is, kind of soup, uh, what kind of soup is it like a meatball soup? Yeah. It's like the, the one that smells weird is the chicken, the fake chicken noodle. It's like a chicken chunk noodle, but it's chicken spelled some bizarre vegan way, you know? Sure. And C-H-I-K-I-N or something. Something. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it smells like actual fecus coming out of your butt. To be honest, it smells like when a cat when a cat eats cat food but then gets sick for some reason that's what it smells like oh like wet cat food oh all right and i don't know why it it's like a decent product tastes good uh but it was it was uh very (laughs) off-putting like really good yeah it did 
Isn't Gardein an LA-based company? Couldn't tell you. Should I go watch my complaint? I thought that was part of Crossroads, but I could be making that up. Oh, that's a good question. I know. I think Amy's is out there for sure. Maybe. I feel like Amy's is up in the bay because now they have a they have a a drive-through like restaurant. Oh, Oh, that's that's right. It might be the bay. They might have started somewhere like Central Coast, I that think, and then moved up. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Um, hmm, interesting. Well, well, hopefully we get a chance to visit uh, the Golden State soon enough. Um, we'll stay in your guest room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, your your, your bachelor pad of uh, single room. The worst patstable timeline coming soon. Um, <laughs> Did you guys see the spot in L.A. that uh, – was being rented for two grand. It's it. It, it was four hundred square feet, oh. and and it was selling itself on the fact that it's got like a nice, like kind of like stone yard ish. Not yard, but like patio. But uh-huh. for anybody that doesn't it, it, look, like square footage is not a thing that. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say four hundred square feet. Not terrible. Oh no, <laughs> for two thousand dollars. In you know Los I mean? Angeles, like, you know how much that would probably cost in New York. Oh God, this was brutal. This was like looking at a. Sh- it was a shed, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> it was a straight up shed. Yeah, yo, um, like uh, what we're referencing is that uh, a, a dear friend of this podcast and uh, a co-host of Patrick's other podcast, we'll call him We Rick Elson. Yes, um, Derek Johnson. There we go. Uh, relocated to Los Angeles, but has since his his first day of paying rent there, spent uh, th- three to one days in Queens to Los Angeles. So we're unsure. Now, there's going to be some reciprocity here. Like, if he decides, nah, I'm Queens for life, you got the place, he's going to kick back a little rent, right? I, I assume he won't leave me high and dry. But, well, uh, well, I'm saying, I'm saying he kicks back, he kicks in a third of what he should pay. Tom, do we take some of our our, our well earned Patreon money? Everybody, please support our Patreon. It's fucking rad, crazy episodes. Um, and, and go two thirds and, and have an LA crash pad for <clears> to grind. I mean, I'd be into that. The only thing I have to warn you about: there's a 100 percent chance that. Pat will hump things in the room when we're not there. Mm. Can I, oh. let me tell you a little bit about, I, how do you guys talk to your mothers? Delicately. No, no yeah, hump are, talking. No. Are, are you, are you, would you consider at this point in your life yourself a little placating? You know, like you're not looking for a fight with mom. You don't, you never know yeah, how long yeah, mom yeah, will yeah, be yeah. with you. For you know? sure. Yeah. For the most part. <clears throat> um, Is that how you're describing Eric? So I was, I was with a friend who he, he, him and his mom don't see eye to eye, but she's getting older and she's a little sick. So I'm always prompting him to be more conciliatory and, 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 uh, affable than he normally would be to a woman that he doesn't really relate to and doesn't always think that she's made the right decisions. And, uh, but we're on the, he's on the phone and he's like, hold on, don't say anything. I, I, she's going to, she's going to engage with you if you, if you say anything. So just, I'll try, I'm going to try to get off the phone with her in a second. And he's on speakerphone and he's saying, Hey, Ma, I can't talk. And she goes, Oh, well, you know, I, 
my cancer is back. I just wanted to talk to you about it. And he goes, yeah, Ma, I know. I, I talked to my sister. I, 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 I'm aware. I just, because we were looking for parking. He goes, look, I, uh, I'm just in the middle of something, you know, I'm in the middle of something. And, and she goes, <laughs> oh. and she goes, oh, okay. Well, um, I guess call me if you have time. He goes, uh, Ma, don't be like that. I just, I, I'm just right this second. I'll call you back. I'm just in the middle of something. She's like, oh, only if you have time, you know, it's just oh. an answer. And she's going on, right? And and he goes, she he goes, okay, look, look, mom, I'm just trying to tell you, I'm I'm trying to look for parking in L.A. And she goes, oh, you're in L.A. Who are you staying with? And he's like, he doesn't want the conversation to continue. So he goes, my a friend, uh, can I call you back in a little while? And I had to interrupt because at this point, my married friend is looking really shady. So I'm like, because if you say, hey, I'm in the middle of something, and I'm staying with, and I'm staying with a friend in Los Angeles. And I'm yeah, not going to name giving, them. Yeah. Yes. And you're not giving it like if I gave those two details to, let's say, my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Toast. That would not fly. And I just I was like, you know, I, I I'd say stop I, what you're doing and explain this to me now. <laughs> so like, you know, I mean, I can't even imagine what I would be in for if I tried doing if I was like, I, I, you know, I'm staying with a, a friend. You don't you don't know. Him. OK, listen, I got to go. Um, but <laughs> but I got on the phone with her and I was just like, hey, I just. You know, I, I think your son didn't want to me to say anything, but I've been in the car. I think that because you're talking about something personal, he didn't want. And I'm making up excuses. I'm like, yeah. I just want you to know he's he's staying with me. He's not running around on his wife. And she's like, oh, I hadn't even thought of that. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> you're the only one. Because, <laughs> but at any rate, that's you know, my only irreverent anecdote for this morning. What if instead of advising your friend to be more conciliatory with his mom, you were like. Be, he took it as be more consigliatory, like uh, like a crime boss, like you know, right? Like I'm with my gumad, like yeah, like or like, hey, you know, we really need to off them. What do we need to do here? Oh, I mean, that would be interesting if, he, if, he, if he was like treated his mom like his capo and was like, yeah. take care of the thing that I asked you to take care of, and mom goes, yeah, yeah, that 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 won't be an issue well, anymore. Be more consigliatory with her. Um, <laughs> Speaking of a consigliatory relationship, <laughs> our our underboss, closed casket activities. Tom, what you got for us today? My choice for the week is the new Gate Creeper record, an un- unexpected reality, which is what this record is. Um, <clears throat> just came out the night of January thirteenth. Um, looking at the website, it is selling like hotcakes. Um, three of the variations mm. are go- variants are gone already. Um, yeah, it looks like Close Casket and Gate Creeper are a match made in hell. Um, I don't want to say heaven because I feel like this. <sighs> Black yeah. metal. Um, <clears throat> I listened to the record right after midnight when it came out. I think it's fucking excellent. One thing um, that I think Bob will rather enjoy. Mm. It's based on well, th- th- not the not the, the the lyrics and stuff are a lot of about based on being newly sober during the pandemic and i was seeing that that's kind of interesting yeah but the the itself is kind of the record itself is kind of inspired by my war oh neat so the first half the side one songs are super fast and a minute long side two is 11 minute song on its own oh Hmm. okay i was like i think that's a fun cool idea so yeah they're down to Right now, in as as we report here, 
down to the brown and clear with splatter and purple smoke with splatter vari- variants, um, which are – wow, Jesus, they're already on the second pressing. It's been out for 24 yeah. hours. I mean, it's 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 insane. Like Tom said it, crazy matchup, gate creeper and closed casket, and uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't even explain how. Like by the time you hear this, who knows what's left? Go go salvage something in the scraps, please. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I, I think the record's great. And, like I was talking to somebody about this record, and I was like, yo, I really really like this, and I think it's great. Like I have no kind of. I'm not an expert on death metal, so I, I like what I like, and that's what I—that's all I know. You know what I mean? So I was like, "This is fucking all." Everyone that I've spoken to have been like head over heels, like how much they love this record so far, whether yeah. they're hardcore or not. Like whether it's like death metal is like their main lane, whatever it is. This record has been like super. Uh, people are super fucking stoked on it. Yeah. So uh, you're gonna go to closedcasketactivities.com. You're gonna enter what promo code, Tom? Axe to grind. And Patrick, what do you got to do with that code? Spell it out. Very good. I had a friend ask, and I'll ask you the same question, Tom. Do you ever get upset when Patrick goes, well, you, you got you to gotta spell that out? When he does it wrong, when he doesn't say spell it out? A little bit. I, I'm not bothered by it. I think my comment was, oh, he, he, he has a hard time staying on strip staying on strip stay on script he's more of an improv guy you know so i was like I'm yeah not but like we've had people literally yell it at other people across a mall spell it out it's true you know what i mean like it's a thing it's not like get it somewhere <laughs> in this general area it, it's a it's a catchphrase i'm the ad lib king i mean that's the equivalent of like you being like closed casket and pack on like wah, wah. not the fuck it, it's not it what if he did it like, like full on Scott horn? It just doesn't fit the vibe. Um, no, there's, we have a thing. It's worked for us for three years. Rock with the thing. Okay. I'm right. Don't try to fucking reinvent the wheel here, buddy. Yo, you know what we need is uh, not next week, not the week after that, but sometime in the next two months. Uh, by the way, we're a little slap happy. I'm, I'm excited for this energy. We're going to do new gimmick episode where we just do wacky shit the whole time and see what sticks. Because at some point, <laughs> everything was new. We'll see. Like That's true. I'm bomb. So many apps. So many apps. Yes. I'm going to have sounds. We should come up with a soundboard like they used to use in like 90s like shock jock radio. I yes. have one downloaded on my phone. Uh, let's see. Where is it? Oh, no. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here, hold on. Let's but like, they used to be one to be like, I'm gonna like, you know, they had like an Arnold Schwarzenegger one. It's like, who was your daddy? Oh yeah, classic. Uh, we'll just play that. Hey Pat, what were you saying? Uh, I was saying that uh, I don't. I, I'm trying <laughs> to keep up on the uh, Ray Fisher allegations against Walter Hamada, and I'm finding it difficult to determine what the actual allegations are. I understand that I stand with uh, Ray Fisher is a uh, hashtag at the moment, but I'd like a greater understanding of the complaints being uh, 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 voiced here. Let's swing over to our friends at To Live a Lie Records, tolivealie.com. Then you're going to go into the store. And, uh, yo, we got a little <clears throat> advanced news here. You know, we're in good with Will, the big dude over at To Live a Lie. Mm. Patrick, what info did he slide us on the note under the door? Uh, it looks like there's some uh, very sultry represses uh, happening mm. here. Uh, among them, Spy, which is uh, the band with the record that 
quietly was a was a small room mega hit. You yes. know what I mean? It fucking service weapon. Yep. It did fucking great. People were excited about it. Uh, people still feel good about it. And I think that that's going to help sales of this uh, red and blue vinyl uh, mm. with uh, merch bundle available. Mm. Um, in addition to that, uh, it has also come to our attention uh, through through channels that uh, there is going to be a purple uh, press of the uh, Despise You Coke Bust Split. Mm. So that's a hard to get split seven inch. You know, love love a unique pressing on the more rare vinyl. Cool to get it. If you missed the Spy 7-inch the first time around, grab it. The Despise You Coke Bus split, it's like um, two bands with kind of intense followings, both in their locality, but also abroad and everywhere. Um, and it's always... I, I, I'd be curious to see how many times that record's been repressed. It's it's more than once. So, as mentioned, you're going to go to toliveali.com. Enter the store. Tom, what's the promo code you have to enter? X to grind. And Tom, what do you got to do with it? Spell it out. Bang, bang. A big thank you to our other sponsors, Run for Cover Records and Deathwish Inc. Same promo code, respective stores. Get your discounts. Let them know we sent you. Guys, what's up? How we doing? How we feeling today? We're good. You know what? Yeah, I feel good. Is is uh, is it all right to say that? Is the world calm down enough that I can say yeah, I feel pretty good? Today, today in in release day will be the day before inauguration. So we don't that should know. go smoothly, right? I mean, that should, <laughs> that should, there's nothing to worry about. I got a good yeah, feeling about this one. Easy, yeah. Everything's just going to cruise right along. So um, I mean, it's going to be a Zoom meeting at the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody is doing good, feeling good, looking good, staying healthy, stay safe, all that fun shit. Um, we got a fun little topic for today to get right into it. Twenty minutes in, um, twenty-three minutes in. Uh, yeah, we did a we did a lot on Ray Fisher today. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, the Ray Fisher thing is tough, man. It's uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, it's sad. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk. You know, tomorrow's the inauguration, and we're in the midst of. Um, such a fun political time, the arena. It's just fun to follow. You just just like wake up in the morning excited, do a little doom scrolling, just like, fuck, everything's awesome. USA, fuck yeah. yeah um, a lot of feel good. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the uh the it's it's like the Titanic, but two political parties, you know, uh near far wherever you are. Um it's so, <laughs> so I saw awesome. I, I, it's I saw a meme which was pretty pretty impressive. It was it was like all right, so you, the United States of America are the Titanic, and the meme makers are the band. Oh wow! <laughs> because they're playing <laughs> us out, man. The I memes like have been incredible. The memes have been fantastic. Shout out to the memes. You know we got love. Gotta love the memes. It's the only way to get real news these days. Um, but so we, we we hit the group chat and Patrick offered up a great idea. Pat, why don't you uh, lay out the concept and, and where our conversation is going to be dwelling today? All right. Well, uh, I said, why don't we talk politics by not talking about politics, which is to say, why don't we talk about uh, political hardcore bands? And I think my initial pitch was let's let's do our best of, you know, but I'm going to be frank with you, fellas. Uh I don't think there's very many good ones. And 
I went through my list and was like, nope, I'm at like two. <laughs> I'm struggling. Uh, and that's going to be the angle that I approach this from is that for all our talk that hardcore is political, the bands that capably mesh uh, uh, good hardcore music with politics is a fucking short list. Yes. For anybody listening that goes, there's a thousand political hardcore bands. You're accurate. There's probably 20,000. I'm talking about the best of them. And And see, my list is a little longer than that. So, and I'm excited because I think Tom, your list, I, I found myself in a similar predicament to Pat but I, I want you to go in on what your what your big question is because that's where I found myself is is the question oh, you kind of you yeah you Tom because sure that's uh, that's the big gist because like what is a political band right because I think it's easy to kind of like be like all right so they have to like you know they have to write songs just about the government wherever they are you know what I mean and I think you know. Th- that's the first kind of thing you think of, like when you think of a political band. But I think there are so many punk bands involved, you know, around that are doing or, or are singing about political things that aren't in this like global sense. More in their kind of in their neighborhood, in their town, in their city, in their state. I think there's you know, and it's not like you know, not you know, there was a very like Reagan was a very clearly divisive figure that people could point at and write songs about. Yeah. I sure. think, well, right, right now there is a similar kind of person, but I think there's been so much fucked up shit that like you, you, you just can't, you, no one has time to, I also write have about. a, I have a take for that, but like, let's put a pin on it. So you keep going. But yeah. So, but I think there are bands out there that are, are quite political in nature that aren't necessarily writing songs about the 25th amendment. Okay, well, that's certainly can, right. Can I ask you, fellas? Did you do any simple Google search to see if there was something you were forgetting? Yes. And did you see how, without naming any names or shitting on anybody, how truly fucking horrific people? A lot of bad shit. Oh my well, god in well, heaven! And it, it it left me with the question still of like, oh, you're considering this band political, like. Is it because they had one song about one sort of political issue? And like, right. I, and like, I don't want to discount that. Like, yo, that's cool. And, uh, and like, in a certain, from a certain point of view, um, a, a lot of hardcore is political, you know, personal politics, this, that, and the other. When I was thinking of political, I was thinking of like political, political critical of the government critical of uh you know civil uh the pillars of our community civilization etc like some real shit that is like oh this is clearly political not just about like internal politics or or scene politics or this that the other i um i i saw a couple of those lists and was like okay think i'm on my own here uh (laughs) But but I um yeah I, I I'm excited to get through this and talk about where we put our lines because for me I tried to say all right politics means that they would be pretty clearly identified by their politics they wore them on their sleeve <clears throat> if it wasn't the 
sole focus of their lyrical content or or band it was the primary with no no ambiguity and they were you know and most importantly it was up front for them you know it was very very clearly like hey this is this is the type of band we are we're singing about things like this that said it was difficult um and and i'm right. curious it's to see you really yeah. Right, right, right. Like, and like, I don't. It's only anti-flag, right? The entire band is about being like a political band. Whether or not you like them, whether or not you agree with it, like right. that's the entire thing. They're not right. I mean, I could be speaking out of school. I haven't listened to anti-flag in a very long time, but they're not writing like love songs. Most of the songs are about like how much fucking Bush sucks or Trump sucks or whatever. Yeah, I literally yeah. just googled does anti-flag have love songs? Inconclusive. Uh, anti-flag. I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Here's a question: how How many records does Anti Flag have? Anti Flag, uh, twelve. Have? Twelve. That was going to be my guess too. Only because so I googled many- does Anti Flag have love songs, and there's a Medium post ranking Anti Flag's twelve albums. So, wow, they, they put out an album a year. <clears throat> Very impressive band in that respect. I uh, wish the music was good. You know what? I, I honestly, you guys, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't vibe with it. Yeah, I, lots of there, people do. There is, Amanda could come in here and it, tell there, me it's good. I'm, it's not good. There's one that I love. Um, Mobilize, maybe. Uh, th- there's one that I think is a legitimately good record from any, like you don't. This is going to be. This is a weird angle that I'm taking right here. Um, <laughs> so Mobilize and uh, Underground Network, uh, mm-hmm. which is like after they were purely a stupid band. I. Uh, when are you both, gotta die, die, die for the government. Yeah, so die, for, die for your name. government. That track is fucking awesome. You know, what I mean, it, it, that's a great, great song. But uh, that, I back you on that, Pat. It's great. Two uh, out of three support from the Axe to Grind community. It's all good. <laughs> but there, but there's obviously some goofiness on it. People like a new kind of army, but I really think that Underground Network and Mobilize are great. And then by the time you get to like, I think it's the terror state, you you start losing me quite a quite a bit um but i'm not uh, being fair to them but it's you know i i I hope people get the bit it's it's just that they and and i'm being punitive to the the typical anti-flag fan in 1998 you know like this is impressive what they've done is and and i actually bet that people could find a lot to say like we're gonna get three or four emails on this saying yo this record's great. This record's great. I think if you like, yeah, pretty much yeah. yeah. I also think I'm pretty sure they were at one point. I think a straight edge band. Uh, some of them, some of them are for sure. Yeah, I, I it still know. might be, but I think at one point they were. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, I Which remember, I remember being, being like younger and being like, "That's fucking crazy." All right, cool. Remember seeing them in? Uh, I think the last time I saw Ten Yard Fight before they broke up was at an Anti Flag Vision Ten Yard Fight show. In Boston, wow. maybe? Yeah, it's some weird... And wait, did Ten Yard Fight play? Either Ten Yard Fight played, or Ten Yard Fight was at the show selling their new... seven, Selling the only way 7-inch for no real reason. I was like in Boston looking at colleges and was like, oh, Vision's playing? Sick. I'll go. Um, yeah, so, so Anti-Flag, clearly political band, right? Clearly. Like overtly, like that's their shtick. Yeah, like there's no ambiguity. It's everything. And... Uh, d- uh, opinion on music is like, is like, is it? Sorry, go ahead. 
No, I mean, this wasn't meant to be a discussion piece. I was just saying, like, as an example of a band that's, like, solely political in nature, while, you know, other bands might have four songs about a certain political topic and other songs that are not. Yeah. That's how I made my list. Here's the the problem with that, though. Like, what about bands that are purely political, but their politics are... We we package them like Earth Crisis is a purely political act. They're on the list. We but I would package them into a more narrow animal rights type of thing, which is politics, obviously. But it does it feel separate to you guys at all? Because it felt separate to me. See, separate. No, I, I I don't know. I feel like it's part of the whole part of the deal. I mean, I think many people would agree with you. I just, I just, when it came to bands that were like almost single issue to the point that they are, that they're not looked at as political bands. Like people don't, if, if I said, what are some political bands? They would, they might name crust bands, right? Sure. But Here's my argument against you, Pat. Hit me. The Firestorm 7-inch has a song about um, the plight of, of Native Americans. Yes, that and it, it, good slow fucking uh, churning song. By the way, everybody, good lyrics. Like so, it's and I think they also make the their stuff, they also make their opinion very clear about abortion. So that's early a on, political yep. stance, you know. Also, you could argue that they <laughs> can't all be winners. <laughs> it, they they come out later with what you could broadly call a Second Amendment. Uh, like a like a second amendment on the principle of uh, uh, of keeping government out of your hair sort of uh, stance starts to emerge later in, in their career. Um, they're also, the, re- the, the way the constitution was written is what you're saying. Yeah, the, yeah, but they are a political band. There's no doubt. But right, I, yeah. But I just saw it as like I don't know. I, like chokehold has songs about a number me. of a number of things, and we therefore. We put chokehold, which by the way, everybody, I don't, I don't know if there's a re we didn't talk about chokehold and I don't know if they put out a record in one of the years that we not that yet we talked. Yeah, okay. Not yet. Now, although I, I think content with dying might've come out in 95 and we just didn't get, that was like, it was on the list, but we were running out of time. Yeah. I think it, I think it might've been. And I was comfortable with that because I don't think it's a good record on any level, but, but it was important when I was a kid. Very right. important. Yep. So <clears throat> you're right. That's actually, uh, yeah, th- there's, by the way, I have a small list of 95 exclusions that maybe we do a quick uh, record and, and tack on for posterity, which okay. we've done on prior years. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I, uh, I, uh, Chokehold, I think of, oh, that's a political band, but I don't think of them as an animal rights band. I don't think of them as a uh, pro, uh, pro-choice band. I think of them as a political band. And I guess, Tom, that's what I'm saying is, I know I'm splitting hairs here, but I think when you are associated strongly with a single issue, then you, to a lot of people's vision, you you seem to be outside of political band, not political band. You are now just the sure. band. You know? But here's my argument. Yes. A lot of the stuff that, say, like Earth Crisis is writing about is government-funded. Oh, I, I, listen, you, I can't, there's no real argument against what you're saying. I'm just, I'm, I'm just telling you that like, if there that, was a that's political how, stance you feel most strongly about Patrick, this is probably it. Is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I know some of our listeners. So when we when we talked about, uh, uh, I think we were talking about destroy the machines, right? Um, th- that uh, it you asked me which songs resonated with me, and I saw in the replies on Twitter, there's a lot of people who feel as I do that these things are still uh, they still hold the political punch that they did back then, and maybe it's because I've been vegan for a long time now. And it's like very much a part of my lifestyle that I, I tend to not see it as, um, like, like radical politics, you know what I'm saying? But, but perhaps, perhaps in truth, it still very much is, but it, it is, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm really torn on these things because, uh, in some ways they feel so shunted off to the side of politics also because earth crisis was very popular which kind of like it's difficult to imagine that anything popular could be transgressive. Right. But then you think about what popular meant popular meant like, you know, fucking 50,000 copies of something. It didn't mean millions. So like it's uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, I really wrestled with the idea of what, what, what is political band on a technicality? Of course they are a political band, et cetera, et cetera. And what is a political band? Like when you ask me, what's a political band? You know what I mean? Like I go, Oh, I would have an immediate answer. And then I would go, well, also if you count earth crisis, well, that's what and I think there can be false equivalencies made and it's, it's tough because I don't think like if someone said, yo, earth crisis is a political band. I tend to agree because I do think they touch on more than just their primary issue. And you can certainly frame some of their primary content as a very political issue. Um, sure. Do I think they always come at it from that angle? No, but that's okay. I think that that's the primary focus. It's where you start getting into like, well, you know, on the 10 yard fight LP, they have a song that talks about the war on drugs. What a fucking joke. And it's like, I don't think we can call 10 yard fight a political band. No, no, no. You know, and yeah, it's no, not a diss. You know what I mean? So that was no, kind of no, my, I don't they would. no, I, I don't think they would either. I, that was kind of where I was like, you know, how how far into the politics of personal choice and, and personal politics do we go or include? Because actually the point of chokehold versus earth crisis is a great one um, because, yes, chokehold, a little more broader topic sense, and I think they'd be more undeniably political, but you're you're now just shades of gray there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you, so? How do you want to do it? Like, I, do you want me to read? Me, do you want me to read my list? G- give me one. Give me. And one you guys can like give me the thumbs up, thumbs down. Give me one that you think that I that we wouldn't have thought of. Oh, here's one you definitely didn't think of. Boy sets fire. Undeniably political band. Undeniably so. Yeah, I, I actually I didn't put them on my list because I was going for also bands that I like and no no personal diss here, but that's not a band I, I care for, but. They were very upfront with their politics, right? Yeah, from the get-go. So I mean, I was yeah. I mean, I got I went I went in more into the punk sphere for a lot of it. Give us another one, and then maybe me and Pat will chime in a couple as we're starting. All right. Um, what about Fugazi? Political band, though. I I think it's difficult. Again, this is tough stuff because obviously a political band. However, what's their stance? I mean, 
They've got an anti-corporate stance. Uh, uh, at you could argue at that time, perhaps still that they had a uh, pro-woman stance that was yeah. outside of the mainstream. Yep. Um, I, I'm sure that we could find another few that that we'd all go, oh yeah, well, that's a it, right. statement. Almost their existence and how they operated their band was a political stance as much as anything, right? Um, yes. And, and I wonder about the politics of Fugazi. Like, what were their issues? Um, let's see. Uh, again, they seem against the war machine. If I, ha- yeah. if I have to extrapolate from what are... Right, like often- anti-war is a pretty easy, like, and, and we're going to hit that, like some minor, like, it's just like, well, anti-war, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, well... So anti-war and anti uh, anti-war and uh, anti-racism are two two stances that are perfectly valid, obviously good stances to take. They are also relatively low stakes uh, uh, stances in our music scene. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, um, there's you're never going to lose a fan for an anti-war stance. You know, you might lose a fan for an anti-veteran uh, uh, stance. You might lose one. You're not going to lose a single fan for being against the annihilation of human life on a mass scale. <laughs> you know, it's so it's that's what I'm talking about. This stuff becomes hard. I, I reference. I think actually Tom might have been in the room with me, where we saw a band have a very anti-racist spiel before a song and the singer was wearing the hat of a sports team that is explicitly racist. (laughs) So this is stuff that is like, it's, it's, and this is not me picking on him. You know what I mean? Like it's simply to say that I, there are politics that even good time fellows or, or people that, are largely apolitical. There's those politics can always have a home in hardcore for, I'm not saying they don't believe them, but they're a little on the easy side. Right. So do we count bands like that, that are a little on the easy side? I mean, I think that would preclude a lot of the more like early punk band. Like, yes, you're right. Like, you know, like, all right. So one of my, another band on the list, which might be on other people's list, like dead Kennedy's. Okay. Right. Pretty fucking basic. Well, You're not basic. learning anything necessarily from a Dead Kennedy song. No, I disagree. Would you, you? You might know, but like I wouldn't know who Governor Jerry Brown was. I did not know who he was before the Dead sure, Kennedy. Sure, sure. So they had some specificity, and at the time, they're talking current events. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So that's relevance, and they did have a few different issues. You know what I mean? Like they went through litany, like different stuff. The stuff I really don't care for, the like later Jello, you know, the later Dead Kenny stuff, which is essentially a vessel for Jello Biafra political spoken word. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. But uh, no, I, I think they count. I think a better example of exactly what you're looking for, Tom, of something that's super simple, like easy target, like anti discharge. Clearly sure. political, super anti war, has some pretty specific stuff when you actually dig into the war- lyrics, but it's. It's not like it's not like they're totally trying to circle around specific issues 
and like create a manifesto. You know, it's like, you know, uh, I'm society's victim. You know, the realities of war, right. you know, it's, sure. it's pretty straightforward shit, but like undeniably political, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. So, so I, I think it's hard because you're right. Like Pat, the, the idea of, do we exclude easy politics? I don't know. I guess like, like it's, it's, this is where it becomes subjective. I think if you have one anti-racism song, but the rest of your catalog is essentially like, and I don't want to slag, you know, but the rest of your, your lyrics are largely personal or introspective or generalized lyrics or, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, breakdown I'm not, style I'm, lyrics. It's not, we're not, I don't think you can count it as political, you know? I'm not, I'm not shitting on anybody. I, like, I, I just wrote a political song the other day just because it's how I was feeling. But the, not, I've never been in a political band, I don't think, you know? So no. I'm not... I'm not knocking somebody for, for having a political song or two, or even for those songs being really easy. Like, look, everybody on earth can write an anti-war song because war fucking sucks. It's fine. You've you're right to have a strong feeling about it. It's not, re, it's not, you know, you, you're not doing anything terribly uh, innovative, but uh, sometimes expressing yourself is not innovative. It's just is what it is. Exactly. So I, I, uh, I'm not I'm not shitting on anybody with this, but we do gotta be honest that some shit is just really easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. too much. So those are two on my list is Dead Kennedys and Discharge. Pretty easy ones for sure. But pretty straightforward, yeah, absolutely. Um, Dead Kennedy's on my list. Yeah. Uh what about Pat, do you have any on your list that haven't been discussed yet? Uh yeah. I mean, I'm gonna go with a band that I bring up every time I have an opportunity to to do so, which is Endeavor. Um and True. This is truly one of my favorite political hardcore bands. And they, in the same way that Bob said Dead Kennedys had some specificity, which made you look it up, in the same way that uh, the Bill Faye song, uh, uh, it, 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 uh, it, there's a song where he says Christ or Vorster, right? As in Jesus Christ or somebody named Vorster. I, coming from the United States and born after a certain time, I had no idea who Vorster was. Uh, Vorster was uh, a South African uh, politician, pro-apartheid politician, uh, who I don't, I mean, you guys tell me, is that something you get, that you guys learned in school? No. No. Right. So I, I think that that specificity is great, and that's what Endeavor did, because for people that don't know, Mike O from that band, particularly during this time, was wordy as fuck. So you were getting a lot of content per song and uh, there were some personal tracks on there too, but he's talking about the school of the Americas in detail. He's talking about the drug war in specifics, you, you know, and, and that is uh, to a young person and where I was at, that's like turning me on to shit for everybody. Sorry for everybody. This is going to be a fucking very dating experience, but I didn't have the internet. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, right, when, no, when right. I, I I got that record before I got the internet. So uh, for me to be exposed to these ideas, likewise with Earth, Cri or Earth Crisis, I mean, maybe one, two people in my personal sphere were, were uh, uh, attuned to uh, animal rights, animal welfare, any of these concerns. Uh, so to be exposed to Earth Crisis, and again, like it's a very dating thing because I'm sure that many of our listeners are inundated by 
by information all day, every day. And they, they, maybe nothing turns them on to any new concepts, you know, but for me, this stuff is formative, you know what I mean? And, uh, Endeavor did that in a very big way. Yeah, I totally agree with that. He was, uh, he's brilliant and he made it like not too kind of difficult to follow. You know what I mean? Like it, the, the songs were kind of super informational, but you could still like sing along and or mosh to them. Yes. Which is big. He was on to something at the time. Yeah. Like Arts Crisis, I think always it kind of worked against them because it's like you're reading an essay. You're yelling an essay over a yes. lot of these songs. Yes. And they're kind of hard to like. This is why the songs are four minutes long, because you have something that you really need to say. But if you look at them, it's like, oh, this isn't even like written in a song pattern. This is just. You're writing, you know, a block spot. Yeah. Before there are block spots. Yeah. (laughs) And 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 no change. I mean, God, I mean, God knows I love Earth guys, but. Right. And, and all, all the respect in the world to, to Carl, but, uh, yeah, Michael hit cadences that, that made the songs really fucking fly by. And Carl, for all, for every fucking good quality, I think the guy has as, as a vocalist and a lyricist, Nobody could ever accuse him of being breezy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if no. anyone who's listening or is not familiar, you can spend some time on the streaming sites. Uh, Endeavor put out a uh, co- uh, um, a discography record called um, "Don't Die with Your Eyes Closed." Yep. Um, that has the constructive semantics record um, and all the early seven inches that were on like Happy Days, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Fucking great, great, like metal leaning hardcore. Great. Is that a fair fair description? Yes. Yeah. Some of my favorite. Metal. So, so, so that that would be my favorite in the respect that I, I'm just like I'm just with it. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I also think it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty undeniable. Um, let's see, on my list. Uh, it's tough. What did I have? Um, oh, I had Final Conflict, Ashes to Ashes. Um, political band from California. Uh, are either of you familiar with the band Final Conflict? No, I'm not. <sighs> very, very superficially. Okay, so uh, mid, mid-80s, uh, California punk hardcore band. Like, musically, sounds like a mix of L.A. punk, Agnostic Front, the crucifix and discharge mosh parts dive bomb it's it's really good um full-on political i mean songs like abolish police in 1985 86 87 somewhere in there uh this was a first 20 records i ever bought i don't know how i stumbled onto it it was originally released on pusmort uh cover art is full on like you know nuclear warfare kind of like bombs blowing up kind of thing it's awesome it's awesome it's awesome you could you can hear you can hear the af style like it's it's just great punk but it's hardcore for sure there's mosh parts and it's super political um you know, like I, I was trying to think of better examples, but like the best example being in 1987, the song Abolish Police is talking about the government uh, stripping rights and the police being the enforcement arm of it. And I was like, this is really chillingly uh, uh, informative of today's climate. So, 
Uh, Bob, you, you, when you're talking about like New York stuff, et cetera, it just, I wanted to say something in looking at the list of that people had put together online. I, I saw one that was, that included agnostic front as a political hardcore band. And I think that that's fair, but I wanted to talk about for just a second and in as respectful a way as I can Yes. Uh, about about the framing that you do by uh, naturally when you talk about any subject and how it can be dishonest. The language in this particular write-up was, although the band received criticism for their right-wing views, okay, that's Correct. dishonest. Correct. <laughs> you understand? Like that's a dishonest read of a more con situation than that that this is not me caping for anybody i do not know the men in agnostic front i'm simply saying that i don't think anybody who was there nor do i think anybody who is properly informed today no matter what problems they may have is would ever characterize that band in that way and i I thought it was very dishonest but not in like i didn't think this writer was trying to kick some shit up I just thought it was we talk a, a lot of times we talk about each other in a very casual way. Well and we don't know that sometimes yes particularly when you're talking about a changing political landscape where having a right-wing view 10 years ago might have been an unfortunate thing but politics like that weren't in the front of everybody's mind whereas being accused of having a right-wing view in 2021 can be prohibitive to all por- all sorts of aspects of your life and regardless of how anybody may feel about that. If you're not that thing, that is a bad accusation. If you're not that thing, if you are, then we can talk about what's fair. I'm open to the conversation, but if you are not the thing, then you shouldn't be, I shouldn't have to read online that you're the thing. So, so. greetings from evergreen podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. 
And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! What I'm trying to say is, if we misrepresent anybody here, please understand that I'm happy to fucking go over shit like this. This one triggered me today. <laughs> you know what I mean? And again, I don't know the guy is an agnostic. Was that a new thing that said that? It was one of these like lists from one of these uh, 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 like uh, music websites, you know. So, like, <clears throat> so but, give me a break. This is this right, is where I, I know. This is where I want to say real quick because to speak to this, this is something that happens a lot. There's a lot of people who like to speak with an authoritative tone and speak, and this is a problem in society, but it's a problem not limited to, you know, political sphere, et cetera, et cetera. We see it all the time in the music sphere. Yo, when you hear us talk about stuff, we're espousing opinion a lot of the time. If one of us says we don't like something, that's opinion. That's not factual. Like, the fuck you talk, you know, like, and we can give our stance, but like, that's a lot of it's subjective. And I really appreciate the way that we speak about things. Because almost all the time, especially because you actually are hearing us, it's coming across from our voice and saying, hey, you know, and I'll say, I think Indy Flag sucks, but then go, yo, you know what? I'm, I'm not being fair to them. I'm just saying I don't like the one record I heard 20 something fucking years ago. That said, when you drop into articles like that and use a casual tone, that's so dangerous. Because you could pick up a piece of information and be like, oh, yeah, you know, agnostic front, we're fashion. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just casually go, despite the fact that, but, 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 no, 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 no. Like a good editor should be picking that up and saying, hey, source this because this is a pretty, this is kind of like, this is an accusation you're throwing out there. So really right. quick on agnostic front. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, that's a huge allegation or something to throw out there based on, potentially one song from 30 something years ago right by a man that's pretty overtly political in various ways yeah and have made i mean i don't know yeah i, I would have punched my computer if i saw that so also, so no let me read this real quick because this is really informative and it's a good way to to put it and and also like agnostic front would i have personally put them as a political band my gut instinct was no, but then I think about it, I'm like, well, yeah. And then I think about it more and go, oh, they've actually gotten more overtly political in their lyrics over the years. And this is a band who had a record, their third LP is called Liberty and Justice. Like, yeah, clearly there's some politics here. That said, uh, from the Wikipedia, during its initial phase, the band consisted entirely of skinheads. Although this would change over time, Agnostic Front would continue to feature skinheads as part of their lineup. Duh. This led to a belief among some that the band espoused ultra-nationalist or fascist politics, an assertion denied by vocalist Roger Murray in a 1985 flipside interview. End quote. 
we're skinheads. And the skinheads in England have a very bad name, like with the fascists and stuff like that. But this is America, not England. Just because skinheads are fascists over there doesn't mean we got to grow our hair out if we don't feel like it. We love our country, but not necessarily how our government works. Yo, take that at face value. These dudes were not fascists. Not (laughs) whatsoever. Right. They spoke of conflict and unrest. And that speaks for itself. So, um, yo, uh, by the way, I might have got that wrong, but go out there and find the uh, Donahue New York Hardcore episode where Vinny Stigma speaks some fucking wisdom. Um, King. Yeah, yo. Uh, so that's my question. Do you guys think when did you go through the same thought process, Tom, as I do, where I was like, is Agnostic Front a political band? I don't think of them like that every time I think of them. And I was like, oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess they are. Oh, yeah. And then I think about, and to be very fair, the records I'm a lot less familiar with as you march past, something's got to give. Like, they get more and more, they get specifically political at that point, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, the earlier stuff, it's hard to say, you know what I mean? Because, like, you know, they have, like, the fucking, one of their latter day hits is the fucking fuck you, Giuliani. So, like, Giuliani, right. Giuliani, fuck you. Um, they were early on that. Um, yeah, they were. I think um, I think they were like overtly a punk, like a political band, just in terms of like their attitude. More than I can't think of like a billion. You know, like not every song was a, was a political song. That's right. A lot and, of it was personally political, but not you know in in any way. Like not every song was an anti, you know, government band. or or like hey, we have a specific message, right? But I mean, I think it's in like it's baked in, and what those dudes are—they're they're they're a political band, just from in their existence, rather than particular songs. To me, at least, yeah. I There's like certain bands that are like, you know, like Murphy's Law around just as long. I would never think of them as a political band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know what I'm saying? But like right. AF is just built in. Patrick, what about you? Is AF like? Did you work through that thing, or do they strike you as political or not not super political? Well, I mean, they they are particularly because of how early they are. It's a good topic. Uh, it, it is uh, like the cover of "Victim in Pain" is a that's a very very intense image, and it is tied to intense uh, sort of a. a, a distrust of uh, of the of a ruling party or authority it's it's uh, the state crushing uh, people it's it's very upsetting image really and you can say that that's just them going for the most shocking thing that they could or perhaps it spoke to something else and i think that here's the problem is that um i don't think anybody in agnostic front ever claimed to be uh the most erudite uh, human being on the planet. I, I don't think that they are flexing their background in academia. You know what I mean? So uh, some just because some bands filter maybe their politics through uh, a, a very tangible lived experience, a granular sort of thing, a tactile thing, rather than uh, uh, putting a bunch of words in there, you know, put in a, it, it does, it's not to say that they're not political. Like, right. again, I love earth crisis. Again, I, lo- I love endeavor. Um, but they are the, they are reporting. They're like facts on the ground to a degree, but I would say that they are the, the stop before 
punk got into a slightly more academic or at least uh, academic language sort of conversation. Uh, and I, I kind of lose the plot at that point, as I'm sure many of our listeners do, but then some of our listeners probably love that, you know, uh, they might want to pick up a record and feel like they're reading a book on theory, but, uh, agnostic front is the polar opposite of that because whatever message they are trying to convey to you that might be political is there's no academic talk. There's no theory. It is strictly, Hey, I'm 23 and this is how I see the world and politics. This may or may not age. Well, uh, I'm shooting from the hip here and there's a lot to that. You know what I mean? So we can't deny, I don't consider them a political band. I wouldn't argue with somebody that did. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, Tom, you got some more on your list. Hit us with some. Sure. I got, I got um, like one or two, but like I, I was pretty oh, tight yeah. on my list. No. <laughs> I like 11. Good. Yo, you're killing it. Well, I don't know, but now you might, you guys might shoot him down. No, yeah, we won't shoot him back. Well, you know what? Here's the thing that's hard. I don't think we've, there hasn't been a band that we haven't kind of reasoned to yet. Earth no, Crisis. No. No, I mean, I'm not saying that you would shoot him down. No, but I mean, Earth Crisis is like the closest, but it's like, it's hard to even deny it. Like they, they have a bunch yeah. of, I, I, Patrick, you're, you're right too. I, I know about that, that like later era stuff and they, they get kind of into it and you know, it's, it's not like any of us are going like youth of today, political band. It's yeah. not there, you know, like it's a different oh. kind of different kind of lyrical contact breakdown, not a political band. You know, they don't care right. who's wrong or who's right. You know, they just want to see a street fight. I mean, you know, <laughs> um, Reagan youth. Yeah, they made my list. Political Und- band. Undeniable. MDC. Undeniable. Uh, OK, if I can. Undeniable. But Tom, I. I is that you throwing a name out because they are that, or do you like MDC? I like some of it. I don't okay. love it all. Okay, because I don't know. I don't know anybody that loves MDC. Like, See, I don't know if that's true. Really, I never met him. Love MDC is tough. Our buddy, friend of the room, Dave Ackerman, is a pretty big fan. Um, I think that MDC LP, the first LP, is really good. Like. First half of that record's awesome, and uh, yeah, it's it's a good record, <laughs> you know, and it's undeniable. Maybe you need to listen to Mind Trump in 2017. Probably not. No, Probably not. not. No, I mean, yo, but should we? Oh, this is off topic. Uh, somehow, some way, I was driving back, I was driving through North Jersey, and became aware that there was an Urban Waste record in like 2017, or I don't know when it was. And uh, was was shocked by it and was like, wait, this exists? This is, oh no. It's got the wackiest artwork you'd ever imagine. It's 2012. It's called mm. Recycled. Is that it? Yeah, Recycled, 2010, 2012. Um, and it is at least 85% good. Wait, did we talk about this before? I don't, know if, we, I don't know if we even talked about it on the show. We I sent it to you in the chat and we talked about Maybe it. Maybe that's what it was. And you Maybe listened to it and it was like, holy shit, this is good. So anyways, yeah. um, sidebar, a band who I would have assumed their 2010 record would have sucked. Urban Waste Recycled is good. Sort of sounds like there's a couple parts where you're like, oh no, this production. But then it just drops into something good. If this record had been recorded in 84, it would have been a classic New York hardcore record. Interesting. Shocking. 
shocking. So well, yeah, I was, I was surprised to be. Yeah. Um, all right. So I got some punk like bands on here. Do it. Hit us. Bad religion. Yep. Clearly a political band. So, Propagandi. Really quick, because I think both these bands, yeah. I think those are good parallels, and I could probably speak more to bad religion. Patrick can speak more to propaganda. <coughs> is this this is kind of identifying political bands? Bad religion made me think about topics that I didn't think of necessarily before I'd heard them. Not with the same specificity as Dead Kennedys, but that's not to say they didn't include a pretty significant amount of specificity to some of their stuff, especially as they went along. You know. Yeah, I so that's one I can't really speak to because the uh, bad religion stuff that I like, and this this is like real dickhead of me to say, I almost don't notice the lyrics on, like, it's well put together punk music in the way that I don't. It's like the the lyrics are, the lyrics and vocals are almost part of the whole. Do you know like too much sure. part of the yes, whole? Yes, yes, you, you know, like I'm not pulling anything from them. And I know that people say he's quite a clever lyricist, but I think he might be also maybe too good a singer. Hmm. Tom, you there? I muted myself because I usually mute myself when you guys are talking. So I don't like if I have to cough, you don't hear it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So I apologize. Um, no. Yeah. I think Greg Raffin, brilliant lyricist, pretty great singer for a punk band for certain. Um, and then, Pat, do you like Propaganda at all? Uh, there's two records that I really like. <laughs> I like uh, uh, Today's Empires, Tomorrow's Ashes a ton. Right. And uh, Supporting Cast, I think, is great as well. Um, I don't know about more recent material. Uh, and I did not like maybe Potemkin. Is that right? I, there's, yeah. one that, there's one that I didn't love. Um, but I think that when they were at their like most... Um, most excited to be playing on a high level like okay so you start off you're not great then you become great uh and then maybe you're not as impressed with being great and maybe you're doing some of the best music of your career but some of the uh like coming apart at the seams explosive like holy shit i'm really playing this it, it has gone away and i think that that's maybe the case now uh, okay. where they're probably they're probably doing great music, but I think today's empires or, or today's empires, tomorrow's ashes, is Incredible. you can hear men loving their instruments and that, shredding. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, and you know, I don't go in for that shred stuff, and uh, I think the songs are well put together. Yeah. But I think that that you can feel like, oh fuck, they were having a good time when they when that song came together. No, I don't know if it came together through like easily or if it came together through conflict. They were at each other's throats. I have no idea. I wasn't in the room. But you know when it was dialed in, they all looked at each other and went, whoa, fuck. And <laughs> that's a great feeling. And I, w- I hope everybody gets that in some capacity in their life, whatever it is, music or not. And uh, I, that's what that record does for me. It's also the politics that it touches on. Propaganda gets a bad reputation, in my view, for being political in this like kind of cartoonish way. Anti-flag gets hit with the same thing. But these are, at, these are for, so everybody's aware. These are grown, grown men, and you know, even when they were younger, they still had a little bit more focus than a lot of us. But 
these are informed people at this point. Like you, you might not agree with all their stances. You might think some of it is still goofy, but you can't really pretend that these are just people you can ignore, you know? Sure. And, and you know, it's funny. One of the pushbacks I've ever heard on, on propaganda was kind of like their songs were like about the shitty, the shittiness of the American system. Mm-hmm. And like people would kind of get mad that it was like, Hey, you're not even from here. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, listen, if, if it, Which is so dumb, like, so yeah, dumb. right. If 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 your neighbor is running like a super fund toxic waste site next to your house, you might have You're some to say so. Yeah. Yes. Well put. I got six more. If you want to wait for, if you yeah, want, I got I got a couple. Let me give this one. Um, some of these bands I do more specific records. I'm doing the one word death threat. Uh, and I, I picked a specific record. I think overtly they've got a lot of songs that are political, but the the LP which is as I've talked about on here and will continue is one of my favorite records ever. Uh, probably my favorite LP of the two thousands. Um, the name of the record is the severing of the last barred window. So that should give you something. Uh, sure. Opening track is my favorite and the lyrics are, we still, we still slobber at the sight of the privileged classes. They throw us crumbs of a half-baked corporate pie. We gobble it up like fools, wanting what they have like fools, like fools. You know, um, the other one is great is expose the fuckers. Your models are flawed, systematic growth and progress. Your professors, frauds, policemen, frauds, TV personalities, frauds. Every last one of them frauds expose the fuckers and watches the seams come unglued. Like, Ooh, I like that. This record's awesome. The lyrics on it across the, the spectrum are very political. They're cynical. Okay. It's a lot of the like, yo, this is all bullshit. The, uh, what is the, my favorite song title is Victim of the Middle Class Myth. I don't want to hear your lies about rags to riches. I don't want you to tell me what you know about the unions and go, don't give me that shit about your American success story. It's also painfully obvious. Finish first. I'll finish last. It's great. It's great. It's great. Now, okay. So, Bob, you're bringing up an interesting uh, subgenre to talk about. I went and listened to uh, to Ashes Rise today, and I went and listened to Tragedy, and they didn't make my list. And obviously, they are bands with political things to say. Do you see them as political bands? Tragedy more than From Ashes Rise. I see them both as such, but it's not like I said, I, I didn't I didn't choose their records. To me, it had to be one of the defining characteristics of either a band or the record, you know? Like if you read all the lyrics to the Tragedy LP, you can pull some political stuff. But it's less political than the stuff I just read you. It's l- more kind of twisted up in like paranoia and introverted versions of what <laughs> the socio-political spectrum draw you to. And and so it didn't hit my list. If somebody was like, "Oh, tragedy's a political band," of sure. Why? I'm not going to argue that. You know, like it just didn't hit mine. Because I was like, do I personally think about it as being 
more, like Death Threat, one word I, I think of as a more political band than either of those, just because of the lyrical content on this LP specifically. You know, it's like, oh, here's what we're tackling. We're going at this a little bit more directly, and it's in your face. Um, you know, like, is is Limprist a political band? Yeah, yes. probably. But Los Crudos is a lot. It's hard to say. It's like, do you say it's more than Los Crudos? It was in your face. Their politics were so upfront and broad and like reaching. And Limprest is too, but it's it's a little more hyper focused. And they have songs that might get more playful than Los Crudos at other times. And like, yo, that nobody on this podcast is saying that's a bad thing. That's a great thing, a good thing, a neutral thing, whatever you want to put on it. But it's just different, right? Well, like, yo, Olympus. is the song, is the tragedy song, I Sleep With One Eye Open, like, is that a political song? Sure, you could interpret it as that. Or it could be like, yo, I have fucking terrors and uh, uh, issues that I am trying to deal with through aggressive music, you know? Like, I don't know. It could be overtly political or it could be overtly apolitical. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. And to to your point uh, with Limprist, they fell into the category that that Earth Crisis fell into for me, where it feels like there it's a very purposeful band, and the purpose is, of course, po- political, of right. course, but it doesn't feel broadly political in the way that. Again, this is just my thing. Maybe no, none of our listeners relates to this, but like, it, it's just when something is hyper specific, it almost to me doesn't feel like I'm going to use the word political. Whatever, I'll leave it alone. But that's why they didn't make my list here either. I had the same. I had the same thing. And you know, like there, there concludes my list, which was <laughs> Dead Kennedys, uh, Discharge, especially the singles, uh, Final Conflict, Ashes to Ashes, and Death Threat, Severing the Last Barred Window. Does that mean like there's a lot more like to be honest and Tom, you could probably no effects is a political band. I, the material I like the most of theirs is not specifically political. Let's talk about that. Articles of faith, right? Yep. Now the articles of faith material that I like, Mm -hmm. I did not know was political. (laughs) Like I, I, I don't think of it like that, but if you, this is a little fact pulled from their Wikipedia. Uh, maybe many of our listeners know this. I, I did not. Uh, the drummer uh, left the band for a time because their political emphasis was waning in his view. Uh, and maybe that's true. I think that that would be the, maybe he left after the Give Thanks record, which I think is probably the best, right? And uh, yeah, that one... Uh, that, so point is that obviously to them, they were a very political act, but when I listen to their material that I like, which is the later material, it's probably, eh, it's probably like give thanks and in this life and not like that second collection era. Yeah. Yeah. Second collection era. Exactly. Um, I do not think of it as political. It probably is. You know what I mean? I'm probably just (laughs) missing big big items here but uh it is it is fascinating that like look we've got a lot of listeners who like earth crisis who don't agree with earth crisis or don't feel strongly about earth crisis's message right for sure for sure and and that's totally possible too like that's you know that's uh 
you can do that. Uh, yeah, it's it's give thanks is the record I really like, and I never thought about that as political. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think it's just fascinating that you can kind of compartmentalize. That means it's probably good music, to be honest. No, I think I think so too, and and I mean I think it stands to reason for your bad religion commentary as well. Sometimes, and I think that that's true for a lot of people. I find it true as I get older, is that my ability to focus and really sit with lyrics isn't what it was when I was young. Right. Mm. And I, 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 I lament that sometimes I'm not mad at myself about it. Life is life and time is time. But, uh, but that, that if you're a young person, you have time, like that time being able to sit and read lyrics to a record and know it. Yeah. It's uh it's a special experience. It's different than, and, and you get a lot from it. You know, I, I think of my teen years and that being, one of the more formative things that at the time I didn't think of, it was just like, I'm just listening to music, man, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I think that's where we go wrong with the, 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 the streaming stuff. Yeah. It's not, not wrong. Drive real man. But like, even when we had CDs, you'd read the CD booklet. Right. It's easy to kind of like how you, Pat, you know, Pat, you're saying about Bear Ridge and being like breezy. Like this song could be about his second marriage or about, Overthrowing the government, right? Yes, nuclear <laughs> nuclear, like, dis- nuclear disarmament or being a new parent, <laughs> right? And I think uh, th- that's easy. And I find my I'm guilty of it as much as anybody. You kind of miss out on stuff, yes, when you're just like streaming it. Even if you're like paying 100 attention to it, maybe it's a. I mean, it's also how you learn and stuff like that. But I mean, if I'm walking around listening to something, I don't necessarily catch on. They're like, oh. yep. There was an example recently of something I was listening to, and I was given a headphones listen, Tom, and it was the first time where I picked up on some of the lyrical context. It wasn't a brand new record; it's a record I've you know been listening to for like a decade. And I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, well, and it was like, "Oh damn it, man!" Like I'm missing this. <laughs> I missed half on this yeah. the whole time. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, a quick thing to get the train back on the track because I think you're totally right there, Patrick. It's like, how do you kind of group things? Tom, I think both of us agree our favorite No Effects record and kind of the only record we truly, really like is um, Punk Punk and Drublick. I don't think of that as a super political record. Uh, I mean, I don't. Now that I'm thinking of the no linoleum, et cetera, um, they're fun. But as they go along, they become very overtly political. The other No Effects record I like, The Decline, is actually quite political. But then, as you go further, they get even more. But I, you know, uh, American Airism, like I, I don't know those records or listen to them. They're a political band. They're so they're a political band. But the material of theirs, like Pat was saying about Articles of Faith. I don't associate with being political music. So it's sort of funny, you know, despite, despite the fact that like articles of faith, I mean, apparently they were fucking like soft communists. Like, I mean, some of the guys were like communist communists and other guys I think were mellow communists. But the point is that like, yes, it's pretty pronounced on their early material. Yeah. And they, they thought they were advertising that there, but to me, I was just like, Yo, the guitar on this is pretty sick. You know what I mean? Oh, I would like every record. I'd like all their songs to sound like the later material, where it doesn't re- sound like it was recorded in a fucking Lacroix can. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, it, but yeah, I I just as a guy who came up, fucking I don't know, ten years after the band broke up, uh, I was just like, 
oh, there's some good tracks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right, right, right. It's easy to overlook, which sucks. True. Uh, okay, hold on. I got one for you guys. Uh, in the maybe these guys were having fun, and also there was some political trappings, or maybe I don't know them, and they were hardcore political partisans with real opinions. Four walls, four walls falling. Which one do you think it falls under? Yo, political band, political, but it it's like when I the reasons I like them aren't the political songs or the messages, even though when I'm thinking about some of their songs, like they're pretty overtly political. <laughs> yeah. I, am I okay? I'm gonna go out on a limb and say some dickhead shit. Are you ready? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a type of type of band that is just sort of like it almost doesn't matter what they say because their vibe is just like too good time. And I think I think there's bands from maybe Richmond, maybe a couple from DC even who fall into that where this music is meant for stage dives and so, it's yo, hard, hard to pick the, pick the serious parts out a little bit. Patrick, Does what's, our, what's right? our, what's the, the four wall song that will break into singing culture shock. Thank you, Tom. Let me read the lyrics to you because I know parts of them, but not all. Coming from the war, heart. Hold on, I like the part where he goes war in Nicaragua. Like, like yeah, yo, yo, ready? Uh, <laughs> problem? What's wrong? Wrong? Real education? Well, here's the deal: corporations are the monetary source of the system. Businesses, business, and gold glistens. Politicians bought up like commodities. Justice is as likely as a nuclear freeze. The situation U.S. culture teaches not to care. Don't worry, be happy. So we stay unaware. It's business as usual. That's how we cr- carry on. This attitude creates the atmosphere for corruption. To exist, it's ignorant bliss. Fight the power is left to the will of the strong. Carefree, yet a world of needs right outside your back door. It's a situation where there's more than enough, yet simple needs many can't afford, like food, water, housing. Yes, the common needs. It's a problem you turn away, close your eyes, pretend it's not taking place. Like, yo, this is stage dive music, but like lyrically, this is they're super political. And, I mean, no doubt. That's how, that sounded like Endeavor lyrics. So, yeah. I, I mean, right? I, I, yeah, I was trying to give it a little bit of that shelter feel because um, he gets a little rappy in his vocals there, which I, I really yeah. like. Um, but I have, I, this is, you know, Four Walls Falling to Culture Shock. People need to listen to this record. It's great. Um, and I need to listen to it more and reread the lyrics. Uh, <laughs> but it's, they're, you're right, Pat, because if you're going to group them, are you going to group them with uh, closer to, discharge or youth of today well youth of today of course but in reality lyrically and tom you can probably go to this they're closer to one of their richmond counterparts yes i've actually have two richmond counterparts on here yes which i think they're closer to both of those so so go into your richmond political uh bands we're going richmond va i'm gonna say avail and strike anywhere Undeniable for both. Yeah, and I think in different ways. And I think people think of Strike Anywhere as as a political band, whereas they don't think of Avail as a political band. 
But I think they're they're political. Like I think I like avail to me is like AF. They're like they're political in vibe. Yeah, I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Like I think you know AF didn't have to have 50 songs about Reagan to be a political band. I think avail avail stuff is more like you know is is, you know are writing songs about like you know. Virginia Commonwealth University taking over all the cool parts of your town. Is that any less political than being like, you know, fuck Reagan? No. no or, or even so, more. Some so. might argue it's more effective. No. And yeah, I was going to say, Tom, I think it's, it's as comparable to dead Kennedy's referencing Jerry Brown. True. Like it's, True. it's specific. It's real. And like, yo, you, if you want to learn about uh, interesting facts of the city, Richmond's a pretty fascinating city because of how much the universities there have sway and power in the town and like yeah. what's that what that's meant for the uh socio-political economic strata and where people live and how they've been moved around um you know read up on that it's 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 sickening and also something that avail was documenting at the time i mean they're you know they go through with with VCU, what New York has gone through with NYU? Fact. Yeah. Sorry. Fact. Sorry Fact. They kill fucking <laughs> oh, yeah. and we know it. N- yeah. Now, you know. <laughs> now Tom's getting political. I like it. Yeah, but no, I mean, like how it's like, oh, cool, like you know, that play. I used to go see shows at that squat, and now it's a fucking a dorm, right? Or whatever. That's, that's- we used to go to the Palladium, and now it's the Palladium dorms for W for NYU. Yo, that's a. Uh- it almost sounded like wistful, like ignite style lyrics, but no, it's something else. It's uh, oh, it's adolescence. Uh, what once was a you know whatever is now yeah. like what once was the, the Trader Joe's once was a squad is now a thriving Trader Joe's. <laughs> like yeah, we we have we're we're work we're workshopping some lyrics for for your pending twelve inch by the way. Um, oh, awesome! So, all right. So, okay. and I, but I think "Strike Anywhere" is more overt, talking about um, different uh, socioeconomic things, different kind of you know. I mean, their biggest hit is a song about a cop fucking breaking into somebody's house and like laying a family on the floor and how you know what I mean, like yep. just the you know police brutality and shit like that. I mean, that's literally their biggest hit. And it, the sing-alongs and the reaction to that is if it could be a song about the greatest love song you've ever heard. But he has, you know, the song stopped and it's like, please, officer, I'm not resisting you. That's the biggest sing-along in the entire fucking song. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's something to that. Like, and I, I mean, I personally, I think Strike Anywhere is brilliant for that. They get you sing-along to stuff that is pretty fucking heavy. Yeah, you know what I mean, and I think you know, it's it's to to me stuff like that is like the like the folk music of current day. You know what I'm saying? Like how like whatever Bob Dylan was writing about. Yeah, no, that. I don't think you're. I, I think you're onto something. It's you know, it's something that kind of gets bemoaned. Is uh, you know, right now? Oh, oh, this is a good tie-in. I think it gets bemoaned that there's no soundtrack to the revolution, quote unquote, right now. Um, or or the fight against the fucking uh, fascists in our country right now. But I think over the past 30 years, um, the argument should be made that punk, hardcore, et cetera, music 
is filling that place of the storyteller folk music revolution music uh, of the 60s and early 70s for sure. Here is my question because I thought this came up way, way back. So pulling it back. In the 80s, a bunch of bands, especially punk bands, wrote a bunch of Reagan-centric songs or albums or da-da-da themes. Uh, In the early 2000s, we saw a slight resurgence with some anti-George W. Bush, both music and visuals and imagery, etc. Right, right. I have a take that we've seen a lot less of that with Trump, at least not overt, because... We're looking at media in a different way now than we did 20 years ago and certainly 40 years ago in that there's almost a desire not to broadcast him and not to give him that wavelength, which isn't to say I don't think there's bands who are leveling criticism at them, but it's perhaps less specific because we're seeing this like bombardment and like not so much the idea of like, oh, any press is good press. No, not that. But the idea of like posterizing this guy on any level, whether it's positive or negative. It's like amplifying the message. Exactly. Or amplifying his visual recognition, right. everything. You know, like, yo, this past week when he had a muzzle put on him is the least we've heard from him in five years, right? You know? Easily, yeah. And it's really interesting to see that and how different that is and how, how <clears throat> to be very honest, effective that is as a tool, but also what it means to the idea of like Reagan was both a figure before he became president and then became this sort of iconic president, iconic polarizing president while in office. Like sure. when you, you think about it, there are people who say Reaganomics and mean it with the most vitriol you could ever think of, and others right. who embrace it like this was the gold standard of right, of thing, brilliant, right? right, 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 yeah. And I wonder I that wonder. now. Go ahead. Yeah, I wonder if, like, and maybe this is you know, I wonder, you know, in two years are we going to have an uptick in songs that are looking back on this time? Because I think. Like, I wonder, I mean, and who the fuck knows? I wasn't, uh, you know, old enough to really know what that was going on. Right. But like, I feel like we're, we're, we're the last four years, like almost like a like a hostage crisis that no one had, like, the wherewithal to write about it because we're in the fucking middle of a war. Right. <laughs> and like, you know, like half the Reagan is suffering <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. Right. Right. Like, and Reagan sucked. But like. You know, like how much did Reagan suck for like Jack Grisham? Not much. No. Or whoever. You know what I'm saying? Or whoever. Or Jello Biafra or anybody or Rollins or any like in the grand scheme of things, he was a perfect oh, kind of like totem yeah. for what they were were revolting against. But like but they this, they didn't have to, they didn't have to get crushed by the stakes involved. So yeah, I think different, Tom, yeah, they could use it as a profit center purely without the very simple meta criticism they'd receive today. Well, uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong, Tom. You tell me. I, I think if you're if you're trying to say yo Reagan sucked, but the people that were railing against Reagan 
were at times, at times, everybody, just not specific, you know, at times, uh, the sons of uh, people who who benefited directly from Reagan's policies, whereas they were potentially, they were very likely not uh, the uh, dude dying of uh, AIDS uh, as a result of Reagan policy. Uh, is that what you were trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. I think like now it's, it's almost difficult to write because like this stuff is, is a lot closer maybe. And maybe this is my own fucking shitty privilege, but like now it seems it's a lot more, it's a lot closer to home and this is affecting more and more people now than it was in, you know, writing about Reagan. It was like, okay, but like in the grand scheme of things, like, is trickle down economics really fucking with you know, and you know whoever for the, for punk dudes who are living off the grid anyways? Not really. You know what I mean? Like now it's kind of like oh shit! Like you know my bandmate or whoever could be like you know extradited to his own you know or thrown out of this country because of bullshit that's going on or like you know I don't know. I mean I think I I I, so- it, I I think it's hard and I think I wonder. In like 2023, are we going to have, you know, records about this? I I, th- nope. I think that's such a good point. I, I I tend to think we probably will as people start working their way through this shit, whatever, however they processed it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that the, these are interesting theories that you both have. I don't know if I necessarily sign on to either one of them. I, I am thinking about this and why it might be the case that we don't have very much uh, overt political, uh, or at least uh, like overt of, anti-Trump. Yeah, stuff. yeah, I, yeah. That, I mean, that's it for sure. That's definitely got something to do with it. And also, I just want to point out for our listeners who. Uh, are in love with the basement stuff. Yes. I realize that 10 demos come out a week and yes, I realize some of them have got to have this content. We're talking about uh, at this time, uh, not taking anything away from those acts, but we're talking about stuff that might make, might move the dial a little bit in terms of uh, a a little bit of interest. Uh, So I don't know what the, I don't know why this would be. I think saying that, Hey, people are just feeling inundated and it's difficult to, uh, kind of write about a storm when you're in the center of it. I think that that's, there's something to that. I think that maybe the way that we consume media is just completely, uh, it moves so fast Yeah. that I think that that's a contributing factor. I think that, uh, it, 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 like for example, do you think that a band who might record something today or might write something three weeks ago, be lucky enough to record it today, uh, three weeks later. Do you think that there's any confidence that it within them that whatever they're singing about will be accurate or germane in even three months? Yeah, that's interesting. You still might want to try. Yo, the, uh, the difference between the soapbox that any form of using your phone to, to post it on whatever social media you got or do a cute video on TikTok, whatever, um, is so different than recording a song or, you know, it's just such a different thing. Uh, uh, is it fair to say it has more weight? No, oh, yes. Right. Yes, like, I don't give a fuck. Listen. Like I, I don't, I'm not saying like, it just does. It's, it's, 
you're you're putting yourself out there in such a different way than like yo check this tweet i'm sending boop and oh you know we we see people who fall in love with being content look at themselves as content creators or or some kind of influencer or whatever and and i just think it's so different than if you are writing a song or like yo publishing a zine putting a zine out there is so much different than than just posting on facebook or twitter or instagram right there's probably people because everyone has some form of platform now uh that's just it's just there it's there for you to step up to that the platform that takes more effort is perhaps marginalized in in terms of being seen right so there's obviously a lot to everybody in our fucking mentions yes the uh, fucking larm you know <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, uh, but uh, there's there's a dozens. Million. We get it, everybody. Um, but uh, and maybe we'll have this conversation again. Doubtlessly, it's going to be a political year. There's going to be a lot going on. Uh, and if there's political hardcore that you think this is the important part is worth a fuck, then send it over. We like hardcore, but absolutely. Uh, that's that's the conversation about political hardcore. Uh, do you guys want to see more or no? More political hardcore? Yeah, more overtly political hardcore. Like, now I'm asking this to you two fellas who love hardcore music but are also grown-ups. <laughs> no, you know what? That's, uh, that's a good question. I think, one, if the quality of the music that's part of it is just awesome, then then you can catch me giving uh, some ideas, hopefully more ear. So yes. Two, if the ideas are strong and powerful and, uh, and you know, um, challenging the way things are, because I don't know if you guys agree, but it looks, you look outside and you see a lot of things that probably deserve to be challenged. Yeah. And at this moment we're getting uh, like soul glow, uh, uh, here's, uh, you're getting acts that have like a, a, an identity focus to them in the same way that we talk about crudos or limperist. And, uh, a lot of those bands are going to slowly become the favorites of a lot of kids right now. So I think we might be entering into a, a, I, I like the bands that are doing it right. this second, I think might be planting the seeds for maybe, five years from now there's going to be a maybe you guys are right maybe there'll be a big explosion i don't know if it'll be people looking back at this era but i think it'll be people that are inspired by kind of what is happening right this second on a very small level maybe we'll get that uh like the the tidal wave of that shortly i I also think there's probably there's going to be people also coming up whether they're going to be 20 or whether they're going to be 25 who just uh, waded through a pretty turbulent time politically in this country at the least, but also on the global stage. Um, So Mm -hmm. there's going to be, there's likely going to be people like Tom was kind of alluding to, or we're going to see some people who've kind of made their way to the other side and are are sussing through their feelings and like what they think about and where things are. Right. Um, This was nonstop. Right. Right. You know what I mean? There was no time to kind of be like, all right, let me collect my thoughts on this. No. And, because and, it was fucking always going. And think about the people who will be new voices who are who've lived through this, you know? Yeah. 
So uh, I think we're in for an interesting few years, hopefully. Uh, just uh, write good good music with it, please. That, that always helps. That does help. Uh, all right, fellas. Uh, I guess uh, for some reason we're on like kind of a – like politics beat us up during this conversation in a way. So uh, let's leave it on like a on an interesting conversation. Bob, do you have any uh, feeling about the effigies? Um. <laughs> No real feelings. It's been a long time since I listened to. They have a they have a single that in my head I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty good. But it's been so long. It's I, I was having a long conversation. <laughs> I was having a long conversation about '80s hardcore at large, and talking about Chicago stuff that was like really really relevant or like that stuck to my bones and uh, there just weren't that many uh, bands, you know? Um, No, I I would say in, until like the Crudos era, they're like, and a lot of people are going to kill us on this because there's people that, you know, like, no, they can look, 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 if you want to feel strongly about, I guess, articles of faith, um, please do. If you want to feel strongly about the effigies, please do. I, once you start getting into talking to me about the life sentence LP, it's, it's tough. It's just not, there's not, there's not a ton there. I think the mid nineties, there's this interesting kind of like wellspring of stuff that comes up. And I sort of wonder about that. Like there's part of me thinks like the basement scene in Chicago, there likely there was an existence of it, or it was just always brewing, but like, is it possible the weird basement scene started because victory records got so big? Oh yeah. A lot of that was responsive, you know? Yeah. 100%. The the reason I ask is just because, uh, all this articles of faith talk, I I guess there was a beef there that does not pertain to me at all because I, it was 10 years before I was born or (laughs) 10 years before I was like a fucking conscious, conscious person, I should say. And, uh, was really like, like, it's just outside of me. And now I'm so curious because I think I like articles of faith like a hundred times better, but now I'm going to revisit the effigies and see if I have a feeling. About Haunted it. town is the, the record to check start there. Um, okay. It'll be done. But uh, uh, everybody yeah. uh, it, it, be well until we talk to you next, be safe. I guess there is going to be some chaos we can assume. Uh, and just, uh, you know, keep your head on a swivel, I guess. What kind of future is this? Our future. Gonna die, gonna die, gonna die.